I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 73 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Glad you stopped by to take a listen to the podcast this week and hope you're doing well. This week, uh, we continue reading through Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection, and I'm smoking the Ashton Aged Maduro. Let's go ahead on over to the Ashton website and uh, check out what they have to say. Ashton Aged Maduro. The never-hurried, natural fermentation of an exquisite Connecticut broadleaf wrapper ensures profound flavor in Ashton Aged Maduro. Beneath the wrapper rests a vintage interior of vibrant Dominican tobaccos. Notes of dark cocoa, molasses, almond, maple, and black pepper illustrate amazing transitions of taste. Ashton Aged Maduro is the premier companion to coffee, rum, cognac, and fine desserts. And the strength is mild to medium. Uh, Country of origin is Dominican Republic. And the wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf. Tasting notes, dark chocolate, almond, maple, molasses, and black pepper. And they got a 92 rating from Cigar Aficionado in 2018. And the Vitolas available are number 10, 5x50, number 20, 5.5x44, number 30, 6 3 quarters by 44 Number 40, 6 by 50. And the number 50, 7 by 48. And the number 56, 6 by 56. And the number 60, 7.5 by 52. And the pyramid, 6 by 52. That is the Ashton Aged Maduro.
So let's go ahead and get back into The Bedrock of Christianity by Dr. Justin Bass. And uh, this week's section is entitled Messianic Pretenders. As the figure below demonstrates, we know of at least a dozen other messianic type movements between 40 BC and AD 135 that all came to an abrupt end after their leader died or disappeared. The leaders of these movements that bear the most resemblance to Jesus are Judas the Galilean, 86, who is described in Acts 5.37 and Josephus, Antiquities 18.4 through 10 and 23 through 25. The Samaritan, AD 36, who's described in Josephus, Antiquities 18.85 through 87. Theudas, AD 45, who is described in Acts 536 and Josephus Antiquities 20.97 through 99. Jesus, son of Ananus, AD 60s, who's described in Josephus Jewish Wars 6.289 through 309. Menahem, son of Judas the Galilean, AD 66, who is described in Josephus, Jewish Wars, 5.510. Simon Bargiora, AD 70, who is described in Josephus, Jewish Wars, 7.25 through 36, and 153 through 154. A Simon Bar Kokhba, AD 132 to 135, who is described in Cassius Dio, Roman History, 69.12 through 14, and Justin Martyr, First Apology, 31. And as I've said a couple times before, there is a chart inserted here that you won't have naturally listening to the audio, but... uh, as I've said before, I'd really recommend you picking up a copy of these books for your own, of your own, so that uh, you'll have these charts and graphs to look at as well. Some of these revolutionary figures claimed to be prophets, for example, Theudas. Others claimed to be kings, which in those cases was probably a messianic claim. Josephus tells us that anyone with a group of followers at this time might make himself king. Antiquities 17.285 All of them made great promises concerning the future, gathered disciples around themselves, and eventually had a bloody showdown with Rome. After a Roman general, of the sort played by Russell Crowe in Gladiator, came out and crushed them, these leaders were beheaded, such as Theudas, crucified, such as Judas the Galilean's sons, James and Simon, or otherwise executed, and the movement they led came to a disastrous end. The followers who survived either looked for another Messiah figure to follow, or settled down and got jobs. In a strikingly similar example to Jesus, Simon Bargiora was executed by the general Titus in Rome in AD 70, 
40 years after Jesus' crucifixion under Pontius Pilate in Jerusalem. Simon had a large number of disciples. He led like a king. Once captured, he was paraded through uh, the crowds in Rome to celebrate Titus's magnificent triumph. Today in Rome, you can still see a snapshot of this victorious celebration inscribed on the Arch of Titus at the east end of the Forum. Simon Bargiora is among those Jewish prisoners pictured being led to their inevitable deaths along with the last known visual of the menorah from the temple in Jerusalem. Simon was scourged with whips along the way and then executed before cheering crowds. Jewish Wars 7.154 The so-called Jewish Messiah was dead and Rome rejoiced. In Simon Bargiora's case, as in the case of all the messianic pretenders that had come before, the movement he led came to an end with his death. Wright asks us to engage our historical imagination a few days after Simon's execution. Imagine two or three of Simon's supporters, if there were any of them left, hiding in caves or secret cellars a few days later. Supposing one said to another, Actually, I think Simon really was the Messiah. The kindest view the others might take would be that the speaker had gone mad. Even if they claimed they had received visions of Simon or had a heartwarming spiritual experience, none of this would have made any of them think that Simon had risen from the dead let alone was the Messiah or the Lord of the world. Knowing that this is what actually happened in Acts 5, 34-40, Rabbi Gamaliel compares two of these leaders of Messianic movements, Judas and Theudas, to Jesus of Nazareth. He argues that since their movements came to nothing after these leaders died, so too this young, rising movement of the Nazarenes will also soon fail. But, he adds, if this movement of the Nazarenes is of God, then it will prove to be indestructible. Gamaliel spoke better than he knew because the Jesus movement, the Nazarenes, not only continued despite his execution by Rome, but for the next 280 years, expanded and conquered the Roman Empire, not with armies, but with love and sacrifice. Why then did this movement continue after Jesus' execution when these dozen or so other movements came to nothing? Wright captures one possible answer well. Jewish revolutionaries whose leader had been executed by the authorities and who managed to escape arrest themselves had two options. Give up the revolution or find another leader. Claiming that the original leader was alive again was simply not an option. Unless, of course, he was. That'll end this section for uh, this week for Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. So check out the links in the show notes for Dr. Bass's website, and uh, you can pick up copies of his books and check out his YouTube page. 
Also, a link to this week's cigar, as well as Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping out the homeless, uh, sharing the gospel with them, and uh, blessing them, as well as groundworksministries.com for daily Bible studies and devotionals, and also the Burning Bush Podcast merchandise store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show, and as always, do me a favor and please tell your friends. So until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.